Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Someone sent me an email yesterday and asked me a very straightforward question, and I wrote them back a very straightforward answer. And my email got kicked back as being sent to a bad address, even though I'd simply hit return, meaning that I just said whatever addresses came from, send right back to. So I tried it a second time, and it came back twice. Says this is a bad address. So I'm not sure why somebody would send me an email from a bad address, but the question was a good one, so I'm going to talk about it here. And the question is, as he phrased it, he said, Steve, I've talked to people before about what happens in an accident where one person rear-ends another. And a lot of people will tell you that the person who does the rear-ending, that is, car A is here and car B is here and car B rear-ends car A, that this person in car B who did the rear-ending will always be liable. There's nothing to do about it. That's the law. And he says, I don't believe that is, in fact, the law. And so the answer here, of course, is that it is sort of the law. And what the law says, and this is true in most states, but I'm going to give you the example from Michigan. But I'm going to let you know right now, I typed in Michigan rear-end collision liability. I typed that in and up popped this answer, MCL 257-402, which is Michigan Compiled Laws, and 257 is the Motor Vehicle Code. Now, this is a section of code that got passed in 1949, so it's been on the books for quite some time. And it says, in any action in any court in this state, when it is shown by competent evidence that a vehicle traveling in a certain direction overtook and struck the rear end of another vehicle proceeding in the same direction or lawfully standing upon any highway within this state, the driver or operator of such first-mentioned vehicle shall be deemed prima facie guilty of negligence. This section shall apply in appropriate cases to the owner of such first-mentioned vehicle and to the employer of its driver or operator. So the driver here is at fault. If the car is owned by somebody else, they might be on the hook for it. If there is a, a, an owner or operator of this vehicle that's not there, but they let someone else do it as part of their job, they might be on the hook too. But it's going to be this person but it says prima facie evidence. And so what it's doing is it's creating a presumption. And the law often does this. The law will often say if these facts happen like this, it will create a presumption that this is what happened or this is how liability attaches. But prima facie evidence means that it simply appears that that person is guilty of negligence. However, you can always rebut that. So I'll give you an example, and and as an attorney, I can do this, but I'm simply going to point out examples so you can understand what I'm getting at here. So let's suppose that you're stopped at a light. In fact, I've mentioned before, I got rear-ended a couple years ago when I bought my 2019 Ford Explorer. I was stopped at a light, red light. I look in my rearview mirror, and I see someone coming way too fast. Driver was looking at her phone. She rear-ended me and caused eight or $9,000 in damage to my vehicle. And so I was stopped at the light. She rear-ended me. She overtook me, as, as this says, and she struck the rear end of another vehicle. That is not her vehicle, but my vehicle. So prima facie evidence that she's guilty of negligence. And that is the prototypical case where I'm stopped in the road. I'm illegally stopped because of the traffic control device. She rear-ends me. She was supposed to stop. She didn't. Boom, she's negligent. So guess what? I mean, she gets a ticket, and that means that in Michigan, which is no fault, she also gets to pay my deductible which is the most I can get her for as far as damage to the vehicle goes. However, however, let's suppose that 
you and I are at a stoplight. I'm stopped in front of you, and you're stopped behind me. If I throw my car in reverse and smash into you, obviously that would not be a situation described in this presumption because it says here that the second vehicle's got to overtake the first. If I ram my car backwards into yours, that's not what's being described here. And so, obviously, it has to be a situation where somebody is in the road lawfully and you plow into their back, okay? Now, I guess the question is, what if the first car is spun around backwards facing the wrong direction? (laughs) Well, it does here say that the vehicle's got to be proceeding in the same direction, but it also says the vehicle's standing upon any highway within the state uh, and it implies that they're doing that legally. Uh, uh, so, however, there is one exception to this. And the exception comes from Section B of 257.402. This section may not be invoked by the owner of any vehicle, the rear of which was struck under the circumstances above mentioned, if the accident occurred between one hour after sunset and one hour before sunrise, If the vehicle so struck did not at the time have a lighted lamp or lantern reasonably visible to the drivers of vehicles approaching from the rear. Now, of course, the lighted lamp or lantern is a reference to what things were like in 1949. But the point is that if you're sitting on the highway in the dark and you don't have the lights on on your car and it's just dark out and somebody cruises along and rear ends you then, they can actually say, no, you do not get the presumption from Section A because your vehicle was in the roadway without its lights on, and that is a problem. So if you're driving at night, turn your lights on. The bigger question, though, would be if you're driving at night, and let's suppose that your headlights weren't on, uh, and you hadn't turned on your lights, and let's suppose this is before you've, you, know, so you have a vehicle that doesn't have the automatic turning on of the lights, Uh, and you have your foot in the brake, it seems to me that the brake lights would be a lighted lamp or lantern (laughs) reasonably visible to drivers of other vehicles. And so this law subsection is clearly aimed at making sure there aren't vehicles on the road with no lights on them getting rear-ended by other people. But back to the first section, in any action in any court, keep in mind that that could be criminal, that could be civil. So if you got a ticket for rear-ending somebody, and it's exactly like I described, the first vehicle stopped at a light and you plow into the back of them, um, it's presumed that you were negligent there. Um, is there a possibility you can come up with something that, that would make you not negligent there? Uh, it'd be very, very difficult to do. Now, some people are going to say, well, the conditions happened to where it was you know, icy out and slushy out and I skidded or something like that. Well, then you're driving too fast for the conditions. You're still negligent. And so it could be played into a, a uh, traffic ticket setting where you get the traffic ticket, or it could play into, as you can imagine, a lawsuit. So you rear-end somebody, oh, my neck hurts, and suddenly they've got whiplash. Uh, they're going to be able to say that you were, in fact, negligent causing that accident. So again, in any court <clears throat> in this state, in any action, When it is shown by competent evidence that a vehicle traveling in a certain direction overtook and struck the rear end of another vehicle proceeding in the same direction, 
or lawfully standing upon any highway within the state, the driver or operator of such first-mentioned vehicle shall be deemed prima facie guilty of negligence. And keep in mind, this is proceeding in the same direction. So if someone is driving in your lane coming the wrong direction and you plow into them head-on, this would not apply either. Obviously, they're, they're negligent because they're driving on the wrong side of the road or simply the wrong direction in your lane. So that's the problem. But that's how that works out. And like I said, that is a law. It's actually on the books, MCL 257-402. But it doesn't say that you are guilty of everything, you know, full stop. They're saying that it creates the presumption, and it's hard to overcome these presumptions, but theoretically it might be possible. But I can't think of an example uh, where that would be possible. And so this right here allows them to get around a big chunk of court time that they'd have to waste otherwise uh, explaining you know, what happened and why is that negligent? Because instead now, a court can simply turn to the jury and say, and by court I mean the judge, can turn to the jury and say, uh, just so you know, if the evidence shows that this car hit the back of this car, and this car was legally in the roadway, stopped at a light, for instance, and this car plows into the backside of it, that's negligence. We don't even need to get into what the definition of negligence is. You don't have to sit here and talk about the duty. You don't have to talk about the breach of the duty. All you got to do is go, did this car hit this car in the rear while it was legally on the road? Yes? Boom, that's negligence. That's negligence. And that would save a lot of time. <laughs> Multiplied across all of the cases that have happened of this sort since 1949, that's a lot of time. Trust me on that one. So there's your answer, and I suspect the case is very, very similar in your state. Uh, if you're in another country, all bets are off. But like I said, simply type in the name of your state and type in rear-end collision liability law and see what pops up. And in Michigan, like I said, MCL 257-402. There you go. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. It's the damage that we do and never know. It's the words we don't say that scare me so.